Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Welcome to Beer Nuts, a weekly excursion into the world of craft beer. Brought to you by MichiganBeerGuide.com. And now, here are the Beer Nuts. All right. Happy holidays. Merry whatever. My name is Chris. Beer Nuts. Well, let's... Well, we'll we'll get the theme going here in a minute. Uh, JR... From MichiganBeerGuy.com. Chanukah, mm. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. Uh, happy holidays to you and your families, everyone. Uncle Pete. Merry Christmas, Merry Holidays. There you go. Dug out. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Dug out must have been celebrating with his dugout. But uh, uh, Uncle Pete and I have been celebrating with our Death by Coconut by Oscar Blues Brewing. Yeah, there may be, uh, you know, there may be some Christmas trees going on around here. I don't know. It's crazy. Oh. So uh, yeah. just hmm. to be transparent to everyone, we do things kind of in a random order and we taped another podcast episode earlier than this, so this is our second one of the night, even though you will be hearing it before the other one. And, yeah. uh, we don't hide anything from anybody. But, yeah, we record things all out of order. So Uncle Pete and I are recording from a different location than Dugout and Chris, and Dugout and Chris were dugouting while we were sampling a Death by Coconut. <laughs> dugouting. It, river with it's a <laughs> verb. <laughs> And the Death by Coconut is phenomenal. Action Sorry you guys verb. missed it, but I'm sure you had your own fun. I think they broke a fresh tip off the end of that Christmas tree and, you know, oh, tested its flammability. It's possible. Things happen. You I don't, don't know. want your Christmas tree to get too dry or it might go up in flames. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, no one likes when it goes dry in that world. Okay, everybody. Uh, we're going to kick off our holiday edition of Beer Nuts. And uh, we're going to kick it off with a, a really great fantastic beer Sierra Nevada celebration so if you cue up the music uh, crispy and our beer quote of the week I'm going to give the Lord's Prayer for beer geeks <laughs> our lager which art in barrels hallowed be thy drink I will be drunk I will be drunk at home as it is in the club give us this day our foamy head Forgive us our spillages, as we forgive those who spill against us. And lead us not to incarceration, but deliver us from hangovers. For thine is the beer, the bitter, the lager. Forever and ever, barmen. 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 Bar <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I had all to right, down on my knees. I had to genuflect for that one. I can tell you we're all feeling festive, because we did do... Uh, 
another episode earlier. Is that we're going with the holidays, festive. After all. And we are feeling very festive. And this is going to be a great episode of Beer Nuts. Our beer style of the week this week is going to be holiday beers and winter warmers. Now, when the weather turns cold, and it's not cold at the time of our taping, it's like, you know, 65 degrees. Yeah, it's we had a weekend December in December 14th. in Michigan, 60, 60 degrees. 60 degrees. Yeah. You will be. We took the convertible out the other day. So you, you all be hearing us uh, in just a few days anyway, but uh, when the weather turns cold, it's time to seek out the king of all seasonal beers, winter ales. Brewed stronger, richer, and more full-bodied, these beers taste great alongside a roaring fire or when hoisting the holiday cheer with friends. This might be our first episode with no Michigan beers. We had Bell's Christmas Ale included, but I took them out when uh, it was pointed out to me that Bell's Christmas Ale is really just a Scotch Ale. Not, not a knock on Bell's. We love Bell's. We love Michigan beers. But we just thought, you know, hey, let's, you know, we broadcast to a broad audience. Not everybody's from Michigan. So today, this is for everybody. So we're going to start our uh, night with a Sierra Nevada celebration, and we're going to have Doug out introduce this beer. Well, I'm glad you asked me to introduce this beer. It's uh, Sierra Nevada's Celebration Ale for 2015, listed as a fresh hop IPA, which I don't know if that is a recent switchover or if they've been doing that a couple years. I sort of lost touch with it. This beer is sort of a first for me in a couple ways. The first time I had it was in about 1992. It's been around a long time, and they've been doing it every year. Every year it variates a little bit. Um... And the other first for me is I believe this was my first double IPA. Um, so that being said, I'm thrilled that it's a fresh hop version because uh, I love me some fresh hops. So right off the nose, I get some fruity esters, uh, a little bit of malt sweetness, and uh, a little bit of... Yeah, just... Really, a lot of fruitiness on this one. Appearance, it's sort of a um, copper gold color. Very clear. Nice head on it. Wow. So, first sip right off the bat is hops. And hops and more hops and after, I mean that's what I smell is after hops. a little after a few sips then you finally start to to figure out there's some pretty heavy sweet malt in here wow what an incredible beer oh well I, I see what you're saying about the first sip yeah it, it, it's a hops takes some adjusting a hop slap to the, your forehead I mean this beer's been around for 34 years yeah amazing isn't it yeah I mean it's intense I mean it, not intense in the flavor but intense on the aroma and it delivers. On the flavors that I'm smelling, and you never really think of like a big double IPA as a Christmas beer, you know? It's a home run. I uh, I signed, uh, actually asked Doug out to introduce this because I think he's probably the biggest hop head of the group here, and uh, this is right up his alley, man. I'm going to read from uh, Sierra Nevada's website, Celebration Ale, festive, fresh hop, holiday fun. The start of celebration season is a festive event. We can't start brewing until the first fresh hops have arrived. But once they have, the season is officially underway. First brewed in 1981, Celebration Ale is one of the earliest examples of an American-style IPA and one of the few hop-forward holiday beers. 
Famous for its intense citrus and pine aromas, Celebration is bold and intense, featuring Cascade, Centennial, and Chinook hops, honoring everything we have at Sierra Nevada. And there's no question about it. This is a hop bomb, and it's something to celebrate. That's how we celebrate the season, with Celebration, Sierra Nevada. Home run. And you know what? We're going to taste... We're going to taste some other holiday beers, and none of them are going to be like this. We selected a portfolio of beers tonight that will be all over the board because, you know, everybody celebrates differently. Well, I tell you, I think the, the influence of the, the piney, resinous, uh, you know, character of the hops coming through in this, that gives me that holiday, you know, effect. I lived out in the Sierra Nevada for quite a number of years, and uh, if I was out strapping on my backcountry skis and walking out into the wilderness through the deep snow, I definitely want to have a couple of these in my backpack so I could stop and take a nice break and enjoy the beauty. Amen. It's a fantastic beer. Sierra Nevada continues to blaze trails for the craft beer industry. I mean, did they spice this thing up with anything? Or what, what else is in there? Because it's definitely hop forward, but there must be some other stuff in there that's, that's coming through. I, well, th- I think it's just the hop schedule that they use on this beer. I'm going to give you uh, just some information from the website. As you guys know, I love to read labels and websites and that's the marketing guy in me. But overview, alcohol content is 6.8% by volume. Bitterness units, IBU 65. Ale yeast. Bittering hops, Chinook and Centennial. Finishing hops, Cascade and Centennial. Malts, two-roll pale and caramel malt. Food pairing, fish and chips, roasted turkey and dressing. Polenta and grilled vegetables. And cheeses, Parmigiano, Reggiano, and Manchego. The only other thing I have on here is wet hop versus fresh hop. And this is a... Fresh hop beer. So listen carefully. Over recent years, there has been some confusion about the difference between fresh and wet hops. While it may seem like semantics, to us it's an important distinction. Wet hops are undried hops picked and shipped from the growing fields within 24 hours. Fresh hops are the freshest dried hops to come from the fields, typically within seven days of harvest. Over 90% of the world's hop harvest happens between August 31st and October 31st, and these hops are used throughout the calendar year. Can hops possibly be the same on November 1st, one day after harvest, as they are on July 25th, nearly one year after growing in the fields? No, the answer is no. We think of hops like dry kitchen spices, the flavor of thyme and rosemary right after the jar is open is far more intense than it is six months later. The same can be said for hops. There are ways to control the way hops age and to reformulate and readjust as some of the aromas fade. There's nothing like the magic of the first bales of hops as fresh as could be. That is the stuff dreams are made of. And there you have it. Sierra Nevada Celebration. Nice. Other comments, Chris? Hops. <laughs> that is my comment. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a fresh Tell you what, I'll make a bonfire at the first the first snow flies here, and you guys can come over, and I'll supply the Sierra Nevada celebration. How about that? I'm, I'm going to tell you, the color on this is just phenomenal. It's like red. I yep. love the appearance. I love the aroma. I love the flavor. So just so you know, the bottle is gone, and I've finished my glass. <laughs> See? I told you. I just grabbed your bottle here. Repeat, you get it. It's 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 great. I already <laughs> refilled once. Wow. Just wow. Good stuff. 
So, any other comments before we go to our next brew? It's really going to be hard to go off of this one. It was so good. Yeah, just final comment. Amazing beer. If you see it, get it. <laughs> Don't sell it because the hops will fall off. I mean, it still will be drinkable, but this time to buy it and drink it is right now. I, I can't do remember having a beer that looks so good. It's It's got that red flavor, red, red hue to it. It, just it wants looks- to be drank. It wants to be drank. I've got a new boss at work. I was so happy to find out one of the first things about him. He loves craft beer. I mean, this is great. And so he tells me, yeah, I'm going out to dinner, you know, at this certain location. And I knew that location. And I checked my beer app. And I know what's on tap down there at this restaurant. And what was freshly tapped that day was Sierra Nevada Celebration. So I recommended to him, they just tapped Sierra Nevada Celebration. You got to have that. And of course, he had it later that night. And uh, he had all good things to say about it. So I must be doing something good. And it's just bonus points for me. Amen. All right. Any final comments before we move? I, I hate, almost hate to move to the next. Barman. The show must go on, right? show must go on. Yep. Barman. What's up? Uh, what's up next okay. here, guys? Something from uh, the Great middle Lakes. of America. Oh, Great Lakes! This is a this is I I personally love this beer. Um, when I first moved from Las Vegas to Michigan, I discovered Great Lakes. Uh, the first beer I had with them was Edmund Fitzgerald Porter, which is phenomenal. And then I was told how good that their uh, Christmas ale was. So I kept an open mind and I tried it and I've been a fan ever since. So I'm going to rinse my glass out of water because uh, that hoppy beer is nothing like this. So bear with me while we hear some Christmas music, which is totally appropriate. And thank you, Uncle Petey, has just poured me a sample of this Great Lakes Christmas Ale. I'm a um, bartender. As we talk about... Uh, Christmas ale, I want to just talk about the general American winter beer style of Christmas ale. American winter beers are usually called Christmas or holiday beers and are almost always spiced. American Christmas beers can be based on a variety of styles, but are often an amber or darker colored malt-focused beer. Spices that are associated with Christmas cookies, potpourri, and mold ciders are common. Cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, ginger, clove, orange peel, and others. Additional fermentables such as molasses, honey, dark candy sugar, triacle, and Lyle's golden syrup are often used to add another flavor dimension. Anchor Christmas Ale, which we'll taste later tonight, is a classic example. But it's unusual in that it uses a different recipe every year. Many examples have a flavor similar to gingerbread cookies. Spices should be noticeable, but very importantly, not overpowering. As a brewer, there's nothing I can't stand more than a Christmas beer that just totally spices and it blows you away. I believe that uh, Great Lakes Christmas Ale is one of those that does not overspice it. It's a honey-based beer. And uh, everybody uh, take a sip. Let's taste it. Wow. Honestly, uh, when I first moved here, I was not a fan of sales. And this is one that I tasted. I really did it. When we decided to do this show, it was one of the first beers on my list that I had to include. I'll tell you, it's uh, everything that you associate with Christmas comes to mind with, with tasting this. And the spices are there, but they don't blow you away. It's not like a cinnamon bomb or a nutmeg mm-hmm. bomb. It's just it's subtle. Uh, 
I think probably the biggest influence in the beer as I taste some honey. It's kind of sweet. Yes. I'm picking but up the cinnamon. It's not overly sweet where it's cloying and it's like, oh, it's just candy-like. and Not at all. Well, and it's, and it's pretty much a golden color, a little bit of copper tone to it. Very light-colored beer for what would be considered a Christmas ale. I mean, it looks to me to be lighter than the Celebration Ale was in color. Most times when you think of Christmas ales or Christmas beers, they're typically dark and big, heavy beers. I mean, this... I mean, I almost get like some crossover characteristics. I know this beer is called a Braggot that I'm thinking of, which is a combination of a mead and a beer put together. It really has similarities to that because this uh, honey is front forward on this one. Definitely getting the sweetness off of it. Got a great head. Tug out. I have, man, I, I, I would have never thought of that analogy. Great analogy of the Braggot. Because you're right. There's so much honey in this that it does remind you of a bee. This is the six-time medal winner since 1999. World Beer Championships, gold and silver medals. Uh, from their website, it says, Do not open till Christmas. Whoever coined that phrase. Oh, whoops. Oops. Fresh honey, cinnamon, and ginger flavors. A Yuletide's worth, worth of holiday spices. Sweet honey to keep you a uh, wassailing all season kind of lean marketing stuff but you know what it's a fantastic beer yeah i like it a lot it's not overdone on the spices um you mentioned the word triacle and i had to look that up and uh triacle is really uh something that comes from the refining of sugar it's an uncrystallized syrup and in fact black triacle is another word for molasses so uh you know, I get the honey in this, but it's not a uh, sweetness from the honey. It's just a honey uh, syrupy kind of a flavor. And uh, I really like this beer. It's balanced well. It's not over overdone on any one of the spices. Good job. My biggest turnoff with these holiday beers is beers that are overspiced, and this is this avoids that. Yeah. One other thing from their website that I really enjoy, they have lots of food and beer pairing type deals. There's one thing on here that I really, two two things. One is bacon wrapped goat cheese stuffed dates. I'm going to click on that and just see what it Yum. says. 12 Whoa. to 18 dates pitted, one 12 ounce bottle uh, Great Lakes Christmas Ale, strips of bacon cut in half, uh, four to six ounces mild goat cheese, a tablespoon of local honey, and a tablespoon of fresh cinnamon. In an airtight container, soak pitted dates and Christmas ale overnight or for a few years in the refrigerator. A few years. A few hours in the refrigerator. Yeah, a few years. With a hand mixer, blend goat cheese, honey, and cinnamon. Remove dates from liquid and place a small amount of the goat cheese mixture in each. Wrap each date with a section of bacon and secure with a toothpick. Arrange dates on baking sheet, preheat oven to 450, roast for 15, 20 minutes until bacon is brown and crispy. You know what? This is something I got to try. It's going to happen. <laughs> well, I to think it all comes out of Cleveland. It's a decree. You haven't, a date? Uh-huh. you haven't had a date in a while, Jr. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I gotta have a date. So yeah, get over to Cleveland and hit Great Lakes. It and uh, here's another interesting, uh, very briefly from their website: the Christmas Ale Highball. Ooh. Two ounces of bourbon whiskey, one ounce Great Lakes Christmas Ale, one dash orange bitters, one splash cola, and a rocks glass combined bourbon whiskey and Christmas Ooh. Ale over ice. Add bitters and top off with cola. 
Wow. Garnished with a twist of orange peel. Kicking it up a notch. So uh, there's a lot of other great uh, recipes on greatlakesbrewing.com. I, I, I'm a real big fan of this beer, and when we decided to do the Winter Warmers holiday episode, it had to be included. I, I generally will not buy more than one bottle of any Christmas sale. Uh, Great Lakes is the exception. I buy a six-pack every year of this. It's a, it's a treasured uh, addition to my holiday beer uh, enjoyment. Anybody else have comments? I get, the, I get the ginger and the cinnamon on this. It's not overbearing, as I mentioned. There's nothing, not one that sticks out. But I got to tell you, a beer that puts clove in, and I'm not sure if this has clove. I don't get any. But if you're brewing and you're using clove, please, 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 don't use very much. Dial it down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you think you've got the right amount, then cut it in half, and then cut it in half again and use that amount. (laughs) Exactly. I I can tell you as a home brewer, I have drained for a five-gallon batch that was overcloved. But this is a great balance. I love it. Good call, JR. Very well. Any other final comments before we move to our next beer? All right, then I'm going to turn it over to Pete to introduce... The coveted, the one and only Anchor Christmas Ale. Uncle Pete? Okay, Anchor Christmas Ale. Here we go. Comes in a nice uh, short squat bottle like those old... Didn't Miller used to come in these kind of bottles? Kind of a short squatty kind of thing? Yes, and they've come back. Did they? Right now, yes. Oh, they're coming out now. Well, I just... You know, it's funny that you look at the shape of a bottle and you can remember something from the past. (laughs) But this is a 2015, uh, you know, Christmas ale, um, Anchor Brewing. Uh, I've been out there in uh, uh, San Francisco. And let's just read a little about it here. Uh, Let's see. This is the 41st annual special ale from Anchor Steam. And it's from early November to mid-January only. And this recipe for this sale is different every year. Oh, that's interesting. And so, because this beer, uh, the intent, which we offer it, remains the same. Joy and celebration for the newness of life. Since ancient time, trees have symbolized the winter solstice, when the earth with its seasons appears born anew. So they do on the label have, uh, you know, a large tree uh, displayed here. It's very festive looking, uh, Christmas tree looking kind of a label. New Year says on it, Merry Christmas. So very appropriate for this uh, episode tonight. So I'm going to pour it. Oh boy, is it dark, man. Compared to what we had tonight. Look at that. Ooh. We're doing the Anchor uh, Christmas Ale JR. So let me give it a smell. So nice. I'm getting some uh, chocolate hints on the, the nose. Very smooth, creamy chocolate on the nose picking up. The color is very dark, almost can't see through it. You can hold it up to the light, very fair, pretty light comes through. And the darkness shouldn't fool you because when you taste it, it's got a very nice uh, malt backbone. Mm. Wow. It's a very um, satisfying, uh, kind of a bready, uh, 
roasted, much more roasted than what we've had so far. Since the you know, the darkness, there must be some roasted malts in there. They're very satisfying. I think this is one that, it, you know, it's kind of like the meal in a bottle, a loaf of bread in a bottle. I'm not picking up a lot of spices per se, but I am pleasantly pleased with the uh, satiation I'm getting from this one. It, you know, it's one of those, uh, you know, if you had an appetite, this is going to quench your appetite. Chris, what about you? Did you taste it yet? No. It's in the glass. I notice it. I notice it. It's, it's dark. It, it's one of those that falls into the glass. So this is probably going to be right out my alley. Good, good. Oh, let's go to dugout. We'll come back. Well, what do you think? Yeah, again, falls into the glass. It's a a beautiful head on this beer. Yes. And um, very dark aromas. I get, I get some sort of a bit of earthiness and. or dark fruit on the aroma. And the, oh boy. Wow. 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 It's, um, there's definitely dark fruit on this, this one. Um, and you mentioned clove and this, this beer has clove in it. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I get that on the, on the finish. And they've used it every year. I mean, I, I have been drinking done. this for beer for a very long time. So I've got a, a few years under my belt of all the vintages. And I think I, this is one beer that I have had every year, probably since the 90s. They do switch it up, but there's still always these same underlying sameness about it that it's going to have some clove in it. It's going to be like kind of chewy and have have that, those sort of uh, tart, sweet, dry fruit components to it. I think it's just an amazing beer. And year after year, I've never had one that I've ever been disappointed in. And I've got a great story about this particular beer because it does age well. And I have I have proof positive. But also to go along with the story, this is one of the few beers that's actually released in a Magnum bottle. Um, and I highly encourage if, if you know, you you like this beer to pick up one of those magnums those are those are beautiful pour i think sometimes uh it's maybe sort of the first that goes down the bottling line so you make sure you had some sort of the best of the pours um but uh i think great beer phenomenal so you guys know i always like to read from the website and this is really cool because it says brew facts on the anchor brewing website First brew, 1975. First bottling, 1975. Alcohol by volume varies. Availability, November through February. Malt, top secret. Hops, top secret. Dry hops, top secret. Every year, this beer is a little bit different. But as Dugout said, it's also a little bit the same. And they're not going to just throw it out there. They're just going to keep making, doing what they do. Making a great uh, holiday beer every year. And I can remember back in the early 90s, actually the late 80s to early 90s, I worked for a wholesaler in Northern Virginia, Mormon Distributing Company, and uh, we repped this beer and how, uh, even back then before the craft beer boom, how, you know, people were lining up for it and, you know, oh, well, when that comes out, I got to make sure I get some. I can remember uh, having a, a rep from another distributor who sold Sierra Nevada, 
And him and I would make kind of like a handshake deal every year that I'll get you a case of Anchor Christmas if you get me a case of uh, Sierra Nevada Bigfoot. There you go. And that's kind of it's kind of that's like, a fair trade. That's a good trade. Yeah, that's kind of really uh, it, you know it's kind of a little nostalgia <laughs> going on and uh, I love it. Hairs are raising on my neck thinking of those days when I can remember, you know, hey, I got a, ca- a case of this in my trunk for you, and you got a case of in your trunk for me, and sure. that's just well, how we rolled back in those days, and you know, now that's what everybody does, but back then, no one did that. I mean, there was no craft beers, nobody waited in line, or nobody, like, there was no special beers, you know, crazy. Crazy. Yeah. this is like, you know, we're talking 1989, 1990, yeah. but you know what, and I can remember Morgan very well, Morgan was the rep's name, and we called on the same accounts, and he va- he valued what I had. I valued what he had, and it was kind of a, a Christmas Christmas exchange every year. And it was well, you got you to give Anchor props. I mean, they're an old brewery. They've been around since 1896, so there's 120 years, right? Almost. Yep. And, uh, you know, they know what they're doing. A lot of respect for the brewers at Anchor and want to give them a shout-out. And they do hold this stuff, you know, this this Christmas Happy New Year special ale. They do hold the information about it close to the chest, right? So I've searched around, too, and I cannot find much detailed information about it at all other than it's 5.5%. So You know what? Go to their website. It says uh, there's a link you can click on. It says view all 41 years of Anchor Christmas ale labels. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know their secrets. <laughs> Yeah. Because you know what, just buy their beer every year. You know, I buy our beer, beer most of our beer for the show at Merchants Fine Wine in Dearborn, Michigan. And Chris Cook is the manager there. Always is very kind to me. And I remember going and telling him we were going to do an episode on holiday beers. He goes, "You might want to buy the Anchor now because it's probably going to sell out." It'll sell out, yeah. So we got some. It's a treat that I've I've been privileged to have been a purveyor of uh, way back in the day before it was iconic like it is now and and i'm proud to have been involved in selling it over the years and i'm fortunate to be drinking it right now because it's delicious yeah good job anchor love it chris what do you think it is good i i am enjoying this beer it's another one of those where each sip it, it seems to be something different than the sip it was before i'm catching a lot more i mean like yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm picking up clove mostly but I'm I'm getting a little bit a little bit of the raisin or maybe that's plum or whatever or dark fruits yeah dark fruit but it, uh I'm I'm getting plum that's a good descriptor absolutely Definitely. Chris I'm proud of you you're really uh you're throwing out some terms that are his relevant palate's developing yes. So I, I have a, bit, I have a great story about this beer. One time I was uh, helping a friend of mine pack to move, and he'd lived in his in his condo. This was in Chicago. He'd lived in his condo for a long time. We're packing some stuff, and he's going through some bottles of wine, and out comes this bottle of Anchor Christmas Sale, and it's from 1998, and this is 2008 that... I'm looking at it, and he goes, oh, no, I'm just going to toss this. And I went, no, don't. Hey, what, are you, don't. what are you doing? <laughs> That's got to be ruined. I said, uh, maybe not. There's only one way to find out. And I, I took it home, and I probably sat on it another six months because I was at that time kind of, well, it's 10 years on it. You know, end of story. I cracked it open one night. It drank beautifully. It poured beautifully. The spice had sort of just blended into the overall experience and i think back years ago they were a little more heavy-handed with the spice i can remember a lot of clove forward beers and this this particular one but man after 10 years it was still held it still held up great it was still drinking great 10 years holy 10 smokes. years how great would it be to have one of all 41 years 
you couldn't do a vertical. You get about eight in. You you, that'd be a, like over. over the course of a couple of weeks. You'd hope. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to do like a thimble full at a time to be able to last over 41 samples. But how cool that they've uh, persevered that long and in no time it'll be 50 years. So we're going to kind of shift gears here and uh, we're going to move to a Belgian. Um, next thing up on the plate is a St. Bernardus Christmas Ale. Um, Belgian winter beers are often slightly stronger by one or two percent ABV over the brewery's flagship Here we beers. Go. Uh, if there's spice, the spice is usually more subtle than American versions. Uh, that goes back once again to the clove, and even back further when we were doing the like the pumpkin beer episode. Like, you know, less is more when it comes to spice. You know, mm-hmm. if you got an amount you're going to use, and if you're brewing with it, I'd say cut it in half, and then just cut it in half one more time, and then use that. Um, so the uh, Belgian winter beers are often named Noel, Christmas, or winter, and can be based on any style. Some are spiced, and orange seems to be a popular flavoring. I like the Dupont Avec Le Bon. Who threw that on me? (laughs) (laughs) Avec Le Bon Vous. With the best wishes, I believe that means to Koenig, Winner, Koenig, Jean-Lan, Bière, De Noël, St. Bernardus, Christmas, and my personal favorite, De Dole Still Nacht, or Silent Night, Christmas Eve, which is primed with honey uh, before it's bottled, so it does age in the bottle very nicely. They're all completely different beer styles, but all have had special holiday gift themes and that make them both rare and enjoyable. Um, I like how the labels have fun with these beers. A lot of Belgian labels do have fun. Um, cartoon characters are sort of like risque characters on the bottles. Um, St. Bernardus is, uh, I guess it's sort of like that. I mean, it's a monk and he's wearing a Santa hat. I mean, monks typically don't wear Santa no hats. Beard. I don't think. <laughs> so when I Maybe pour this no. beer, it's a it's a very dark brown, but it seems thin. It's, like it, it it seemed like a you had a bubbly head when you poured that one. Yeah, it was it was very uh very bubbly. Yeah, looking at it, still retaining its head. Great. Gotta say this much about the nose on it. First whiff is sort of banana, but also kind of a kind of a fruit cake. You know, yes. so when you think of that, great analogy. Some, yes, I like that. It, it, that's what it smells like to me. Um, <laughs> I agree. It would be fun. Be fun to make a fruit cake with some of this poured over the top. So the first sip I get off of this is definitely uh, sort of thick and dark molasses. A lot of a lot of sweetness to it. Got a sort of a chewiness to it, and that that head still retains on it. Bubbles are very fine. I'm getting a little licorice out of that apricots. I mean, it's a beautifully complex beer. It's a quad, right? I believe it's a quad. That's what I'm guessing. I mean, I... It is a Belgian quad. Admit, I left my phone at home, so I have no digital access to anything. (laughs) (laughs) Other than a microphone and some beers. It's a 10% ABV Belgian quad. It's good. You know, I, I, I know I'm always the guy that reads everything, but you know what? 
It's uh, from their website. It's uh, Saint Bernardus Christmas Ale is a dark seasonal brewed in the classic quadruple style of Belgian best Abbey ales. Ten percent ABV, similar to all the beers from our brewery. It greets the drinker with a signature aroma of the Saint Bernardus house yeast strain in use since 1946. Rivaling the complexity of the St. Bernardus ABT-12, St. Bernardus Christmas Ale offers a spicy mint-like flavor profile exuding the tastes of warming alcohol, fermented molasses, apricots, licorice, and marzipan that are often highlighted by the perfect balance of brewing sugars. I taste licorice in it. I take the licorice, and then I also taste the apricots. Molasses, not so much, but it, that's in the, the description, but I'm not getting the molasses. I think it's a little bit lighter than that. It's got a great mouthfeel. Very highly carbonated and uh, intense mouthfeel. It dances on your tongue. It's got great flavor. It's got great mouthfeel. Anybody else? What do we have here, Christopher? Are you guys, did you guys lose me? No, we're here. We're here. We're here. There just seemed to be like a 10%. No, we're just, uh, I just poured it. I'm about to taste it. Whoa. Definitely a little bit more uh was it muted? Is that is that a good description compared yeah, to the last couple of ales we've tasted? You know, we've tasted some hop bombs or a hop bomb and then sort of a spice beer. This is more what then, malt? And then we go to this malty? more quad malt, uh any kind of hops that are gonna be used in it are gonna be malt, very earthy. Um, fruit, alcohol. Yeah, hey, my review on this one is. Yeah. I would, uh, I would really basically summarize this by saying probably the best characterization is it's a fruit cake. <laughs> Pretty it's much, got, yeah. I mean, without lots of uh, no sweetness that to a fruit it. Cake would have, and a lot of people view fruit cakes negatively. I love a good fruit cake. Putting this in the uh, the the one bottle category, we'd finish the bottle and we'd move on. I don't know. I like it. Okay, well, our next beer on tap. We're going to go to our Sam Smith's Winter Welcome Ale. And before I go into this, it was very important that we include an English Winter Warmer because English Winter Warmers are uh, one of the premier styles that drive holiday beers. English Winter Beers are normally called Winter Warmers, and they tend to be dark, full in body, sweet and stronger than average, 5.5 ABV and up. They're rarely spiced, which I, I find enjoying. I find most English Winter Warmers to be very malty with a full body and sweet finish. Flavors typical of English Christmas puddings are common. Figs, molasses, toffee, caramel, raisins, prunes, dried fruit, and so on. In general, they're not roasty, but feature dark caramel and dark fruit flavors. As the name implies, a winter warmer should have some alcohol warmth. Beers of this profile are sippers. It's hard to drink them quickly. Some of my favorites are Young's Winter Warmer, Harvey's Christmas Ale, Hope Norton 12 Days, and Fuller's Old Winter Ale. So without further ado, Uncle Pete, how about some Sam Smith's Winter Welcome? Coming right up, JR. I'm taking a whiff of this, tasting some caramel, toffee, tasting really malty, or smelling really malty. 
It's not That's interesting. Strong. I expected it to be a lot stronger, but it's, uh, it reminds me a little bit of the, the Great Lakes, only not as sweet. It's more malty. It's a malt-based beer. I get very little dark fruit, but I get a lot of toffee and caramel. This is supposed to be a classic English winter warmer. I'm getting most of the taste of this beer on, like, the finish. Fruit flavors, like it's supposed to. I agree with you there. It's got a big, big fruit flavor to it. I mean, this almost seems to me like the English version of the first one we had, which is uh, IPA. I mean, this strikes me almost as a... Uh, a sort of double IPA, but in an English version, the hops are more subtle, but they're there. I mean, there's there's definitely some major hops in this beer, um, but just sort of that earthy kind of British type, possibly Fuggles or East Kent Goldings. It's Fuggles and Goldings, exactly. Well, all right then. <laughs> Fuggles and Goldings and beers. Oh my. I think this is a great beer. I mean, it, it just... It goes along the lines of, you know, as I said, the first one, just a celebration ale. This is a celebration ale. I'm sure that they've changed this recipe over a few times as well. Um, And maybe probably due to what the beer culture is now, possibly change it every year. You know what I do like about this is, and and it's the style. It It says that the style doesn't, they are rarely spiced. I think those spices, a lot of American breweries ruin their beers with like too many crappy spices, you know. I mean, let the beer just be beer. It's kind well, of like but, you know. Beers. On the flip side like of that, beers, you, 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 we're just tasting the Anchor Christmas, which that does have spice in it. I mean, that has clove in it every year, but they find a way to do it the right way. Agreed, and it does. It, and and it also indicates that the American style does use more spices. I mean, I'm just finding I like the non-American style more. You know, I'm checking out the the website. Jr. I'm going to steal some thunder. I, I hope I don't. Please do. Please do. But this Samuel Smith from Yorkshire, England, apparently they use a Yorkshire Square fermenting vessel, and it's constructed from sandstone. And it looks almost like an open fermentation type uh, vessel where you have your uh, kind of a yeast head on the top. And what it says here is they, they continuously pump the wort from the bottom of the chamber over the yeasty head and to keep it mixed and so they get a full fermentation it really it really mellows out the beer you know it gets a full fermentation so there's no residual sugars to me this is a very malty beer very low of bitterness very pleasant again kind of a bread in a bottle kind of a thing i don't get a lot of spices but i get a very uh, pleasing um, you know satisfaction from it so Interesting that they use kind of a sandstone vessel where most breweries today use uh, stainless steel. Chris, anything to add before we go to our next beer? Yeah, it, it looks like it was telling Doug, it, it's just, it's real mellow. Just, it, everything seems really, uh, I, I Background? Well, well, yeah, what I was going to try to say is it's like attempting to have flavor, but then that sounds derogatory. I just think it's maybe 
perhaps a uh, just a characteristic of the style. Yeah, no fruitcake on this one. Yeah. No. Agreed. All right, if uh, there's no more further ado, I'd like to turn it over to Pete to taste Alaskan Winter. All right. What do we got here? Alaskan Winter Ale, brewed with spruce tips. If anybody knows about Alaska uh, Winter Ale, I would think Alaska does. So let's give a pour here, Jr., and see what's going on with this one. I got to give some credit to Chris Cook from Merchants Fine Wine in Dearborn, Michigan, who, when I was shopping for our beers, basically implored me to include this as a uh, kind of a rogue style of Christmas or of holiday beers as a winter ale, and uh, so. I hope that we will be thanking him for this. If not, I will be spanking him for this. But <laughs> spanky, spanky. Let's determine. Okay, so when I look at this, well, let me start with the aroma. Wow, got a really nice aroma. I don't know. Maybe my maybe my uh, olfactory here tonight is. Uh, bent towards the chocolate for some reason I mean this is not a dark beer or black beer at all but for some reason I get cocoa I don't know why maybe it's my allergies kicking in I love the aroma it's got a great clarity the color is similar to most of the beers we've had here tonight boy and it's really sweet right up front very mild kind of creamy what is that what is that yeah it's almost it's like it's spruce tips it's spruce tips but it almost has like a fruit flavor to it i was yes thinking blueberry in a way even though maybe there's not blueberry in it it's inexplicable it is it's 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 there's some kind of a sweet fruitiness there that's throwing me off i don't get spruce tips no uh-uh. maybe this has been around for a while this one i don't know any indications on the bottle jr all i can say is I expected spruce tips, and I'm not tasting them. Exactly, me neither. Intense. There's a ale brewed with spruce tips. Is all only thing on the bottle. So <laughs> I'm going to investigate online. It so tastes like a, a double blueberry and... porter, only it's gold. Right. I mean, it's just yeah. It's <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> mind blowing. I'm throwing way <laughs> off. I'm 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 confused here. Chris told us that we would like it, and I just I, mean, I, I dig this like beer. I, I love this like, beer. Like, I just um, spruce. Wow. Okay, can I can I uh it's sort of like blueberry pancakes. Is uh here we go. Here here is now I know why I like it so much. Alaskan Brewing Company website. Flavor brewed in the style of an English old ale. This ale balances the sweet headier aroma of spruce tips with a clean, crisp finish of noble hops. Its malty richness is complemented by the warning sensation of alcohol. Ingredients Alaskan winter is made from glacier fed water, Sitka spruce tips, and a generous blend of the finest quality European and Pacific Northwest hop varieties and specialty malts. Our water originates in the 1500 square mile Juneau ice field and from the more than 90 inches of rainfall received each year. Original gravity 1.066, ABV 6.4, bitterness 22 IBU. Use color 13 SRM. Wow. It's interesting. I, I, I don't mean, know how they made this happen, but you know what? It's an old ale. It's an old ale. It, it's got a real smoothness to it that I expect for spruce piney kind of a thing, but. You know what? It's an old ale. I, I, I'm going to guess that they age this before they release it. It There's starts no- sweet and 
and ends bitter. And release it young. But not real bitter. Yeah, but still, it, it ends more bitter than it started. But there's so much sweetness in it. That's from almost the to the ale. point of where I think it's a fruit beer, and yeah. it's not. I knew there was a reason I liked it. You guys know I love old ales, and I didn't know it was an old ale. Wow. It's an old ale. It's an English old ale, traditionally malty with the warming cessation of alcohol. Old ales are brewed in the fall as winter warmers. Well... Maybe they just didn't overload it with the spruce tips. You know, it's it's intended to be kind of a mild uh, something you pick out in the back. Well, I would I would also think that maybe there maybe when it was first bottled, the spruce tips were like blowing you away, and now they're just like backgrounders. Could be. There's really and in the other point of view is that. You know, I've had quite a few spruce tip beers, and those are usually heavily bombed with hops. So you're getting the spruce and the hops, and it sort of becomes like like you're chewing on a Christmas tree. Maybe that's not the effect they're going for here with the spruce. They're using more earthy hops, much lower ABV, or, or sorry, uh, IBUs. And if you'd like more information on Old Ales, episode 10 of the Beer Nuts podcast on iTunes and ChristopherMedia.net. Well, they're doing good stuff up there in Alaska with this beer. I mean, I like it. JR, we talked about Old Ales in a previous episode. It may not be boldly uh, sprucey, but with the the noble hops, I think it balanced out real nice. I would drink a few. I love it. Yeah, and uh, again, thank you to Chris Cook from Merchant's Fine Wine for recommending this to the show. Because uh, when I'm out there shopping, and, uh, I tell him our categories. He's like, oh, you got to go for this. And he, he picked this one for us. And uh, sweet. I actually invited him on the show tonight, but he was unable to Skype oh. in. But we will have him on a future episode. We'll get him that time. Yep. So that's awesome. Uh, I think that completes our uh, rotation, although it's time for homebrew time, right? Oh, let's do some homebrew. Right? Yeah, because let's do it. I've been excited about this all night. Without further ado, Uncle Pete Finally. has some real treasures for us. I mean, gents, I hope you like them. Uh, I've been waiting to pop the tops on these for a few weeks now. I bottled this uh, Robert de Habanero stout on uh, November 22nd. So here we are about uh, three weeks later, and uh, for the last two or three days, I've been tasting a few of these, and they're they're actually uh, bottle-conditioned and carbonated in the bottle. They're starting to come together very nice, and uh, the Robert de Habanero start, Stout is basically a chocolate vanilla and habanero base stout, a sweet stout that I used uh, lactose in to make a milk stout out of it, so it's sweet. Lactose is a non-fermentable sugar. I just today went uh, cross town and entered all three variations of this stout into a homebrew competition, which I'm hoping I get, if nothing else, I would like to get some good info back from the judges so I can learn and improve as time goes on. So a prize, uh, a win would be good, but uh, I'm I'm happy to learn and and just take the feedback. So what we have in the holiday ales uh, category tonight is my cinnamon variant of Robert de Habanero Stout. This has a cinnamon tincture that I made myself. I took a cinnamon stick, a real cinnamon stick, or cinnamon bark, and I soaked it in nothing other than Captain Morgan rum for about three months. So this cinnamon stick... Only three? Sat, yeah. This cinnamon stick sat happily in a bottle of Captain Morgan for three months, and then when I put this uh, stout in a secondary fermentation tank, I took a, a, a grater and I grated the cinnamon stick into the secondary, okay? So it took a while for the flavors to come together. 
Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that this has chocolate uh, cocoa nibs as well as vanilla bean and uh, roasted jalapeno or uh, excuse me habanero peppers. Uh, I don't think you're gonna get a lot of heat off of this one from the habanero. You might get it at the back end, but up front you're gonna get cinnamon aroma with some vanilla. I think in the flavor you're gonna get chocolate and cinnamon and a roasted malt and then you're gonna get a little tiny bit of warmth so I'm gonna let it go with that and then you guys uh, tell me if uh, if it's hitting on those cylinders or not so who would love to take a chance at uh, giving me some aroma and uh, color and tasting notes well I'd, I'd love to jump in here Uncle Pete go for it yeah. right off the top I get some sort of um, cocoa chocolate aroma kind of a sweet maltiness appearance of it is dark as night there is no way you can even see through this beer and i've held it right up against two computer monitors nothing it's dark great head great retention on it uh it seems to be carbonated perfectly as far as the mouthfeel on this i get um just sort of a nice thick chewy beer definitely what you want to drink in the winter with as a stout one more sip i'm gonna get into the flavor profile here so yeah right up on the top i'm getting nice big bold sweetness chocolate cinnamon almost coffee the vanilla in it is subtle which i i prefer in any kind of a beer that does have vanilla i i really get some sort of uh, uh like dark cherries in this i wouldn't go as, as far as like dark plums i mean it just seems a little bit uh Gets a little brighter on the on the dark fruit spectrum of it. There's just a touch of heat, touch touch of heat, just kind of nice at the end on the finish. And I mean, this is just outstanding. This amazing beer, Uncle Pete. Well, uh, well done. I'm taking a bow. Thank you, sir. I respect your uh, feedback immensely. So thank you so much. Gotta back you up on that. Uh, I got. Uh, and I mean, there's the the mouth feels perfect. The carbon, yeah. Uncle Pete was a little worried about the carbonation. Maybe it wasn't ready yet. It's ready, man. It's mouth feels right there, uh, solid. It's uh, not too sweet. Um, if it, if there would be any criticism of it, it would be probably that it's just too hot because it's, it's fresh and new. It, it needs maybe some of that little Captain Morgan and cinnamon to fade a little bit. But that being said, if you taste this a month or two months down the road, you might miss some of those nuances. So, hey, uh, we're talking the holiday beer episode, and this got cinnamon and is lively. The mouthfeel is perfect. Dark fruits all over the place. It's pretty much everything you could ever ask for in a holiday beer. And I would put it up almost against anything I've tasted tonight. So, Uncle Pete, thank you for the home run. Yeah, that's what I would, I would, JR. I mean, just up against any of the ones we've had tonight. And definitely as a holiday beer. And how can you go wrong? I mean, you call a beer a holiday beer, it's a holiday beer, right? 
But absolutely, when you pack it up against some of the stuff we've had tonight, it's right up there with it. Thank you, gentlemen. I I respect your feedback immensely so much. Thank you. Is it time to call it a night, guys? Or uh, did Chris Chris have any feedback? Or is he there? Yeah, Chris. Well, no, you no, know, I'm here. I, I I'm getting the uh, the habanero the the hint of habanero on the finish. The, getting the cinnamon at the front, but no, I'm, I'm with the rest of these gentlemen. This is plus two. You know, the dark beers are closer to my heart, and this is a good beer, Uncle Pete. Thank you so much. I, I can tell you just a couple of tidbits. This had a 20-pound grain bill in a five-gallon batch, okay? So it's wow. going to really knock it up to, like Doug said, uh, you can't see through this beer, okay? I mean, it's got chocolate malt. It's got dark roasted malts in there. I used a Warrior and Centennial hops, both in the boil and at, uh, for the aroma. Yeah, I did put lactose in this beer to try to sweeten it up a little bit with some unfermentable sugar. So it came out at 7.6% alcohol by volume and 80 IBUs. The bitterness, you might get some dryness at the end with the 80 IBUs. I mean, this is a recipe calculated number, so maybe it's off a little bit. I don't know. But. Yeah, Uncle Pete, uh, what I would suggest to you is to like rebrand this beer as like a cinnamon roll or a uh, some kind of other name. I mean, there's a lot going on here to just call it like cinnamon. Cinnamon roll. Yeah. Well, you got to have the chocolate in there because the chocolate is in there. It's chocolate, cinnamon, and they're both sort of swirl together in a in a great way where neither of them come out on top, but you know they're both in there. I thought that the cinnamon personally was a little overbearing. I, next time I might use a little less. And it's not a sweet cinnamon. It's more of a bitter cinnamon, so it has a drying, totally. effect, drying effect at the end. So it, it kind of adds to the bitterness on top of the hops. I'm not displeased, and I'm glad none of you guys are. It sounds very uh, affirmative what you're telling me. I wouldn't change a thing. And I wouldn't change I a wouldn't thing. Change I, I would only call the name different, really like cinnamon good. roll or maybe cinnamon French toast. Sure. It's a. I would say cinnamon French toast would be the. That's what I get out of this. There's, there's some breadiness, and so I would call it Uncle Pete cinnamon French toast. Well, I did. I did enter this uh, in a contest that's going to be judged on Thursday, and by the time the listeners hear this, of course, that'll be passed. But and you'll have won, and <laughs> they'll they'll be parading you down Woodward <laughs> Avenue in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> on your shoulders, gentlemen, on your shoulders. I would have no one else uh, that right, help well, me. My shoulder is available. If you win, we will do that. But uh, I want to call out Scrooge at Barley's. It's a homebrew shop in uh, South Lyon, Michigan, where I turned in the beers today. And uh, they're hosting the tasting and the judging at uh, Witch's Hat in South Lyon, which is a great brewery. They have, a, they have a number of variants of stouts there that uh, I think this would fit in well with. You know, like I said, if I don't win a prize, no big deal. I, I'm looking forward to the judging feedback so I can learn and improve as we go. So that's part of the, that's part of the big deal about being a home brewer. You just want to keep hearing from guys like you and and uh, let's get better so well, if they're smart it. they would judge us the winner and then determine that this beer should probably be bourbon barrel aged it's begging for barrel it's it begging is. for it man definitely thank you i agree so much guys we actually we, we had a question on twitter over the last week here and uh it is from his name is nate o'brien at brian nate on twitter b-r-i-e-n Nate on Twitter. He is from a town called Eloy, Arizona. So it's between halfway between Arizona and 
Wait, whoops. Halfway between Phoenix and Tucson. And he asked us, hey guys, do you know a good oatmeal beer that doesn't have much of a yeast accent? Like an oatmeal stout? Sam Smith's oatmeal stout? But he's a younger beer nut, uh, according to Twitter. He's uh, he, he has just recently passed the drinking age. What was the question again? What uh, a, An oatmeal stout that doesn't have much of a yeast accent. I would absolutely agree with uh, Samuel Smith's oatmeal stout, which... Used to be my favorite beer in the world until I discovered Backwoods Bastard. So I would well, recommend and if he can get founders, I mean, I would highly recommend that he. That's do not yeasty. Search out some breakfast stout. I mean, that's not yeasty. Yeah, Founders Breakfast Stout. That's chocolate. Another option. Are they across the country now? Or yeah, they're. they're oh. I'm not sure if they're in Arizona. They just just went to Nevada this week, so I don't know if they're in Arizona. But I know Samuel Smith has to be there. All right. Well, so, here's what I well, got. Hopefully, we helped you out. All right, dugout. We're waiting for you. <coughs> All right, we got another. the chocolate vanilla, and that's the final final. What is it? It's the basic uh, Robert de Habanero stout. The right, well, chocolate vanilla habanero. Oh, good Where's lord! Dugout says, uh, you know. Yeah. Now I will warn you guys. This is. In my view, and a couple others that have tasted it, and this is the fourth year we've done it in a row, I would say this is the flagship of the Robert de Habanero right here. Can we get that on tape? I think we just did. JR, do you have a glass? I need to pour you up here. You betcha. For that? <laughs> i got to give props to uh, oh, good God. Mr. Robillard, my niece's husband, uh, Mr. Mike Robillard. He is the guy that came up with this particular... Uh, idea to go for this mix on this on this beer and a few years back him and i were brewing on his porch in february in the freezing cold icy snow and you know zero degrees as you do here yes happens uh, michigan i've heard when we that first year we hit this beer it, it was a winter and we've been making it once a year ever since and so this is a chocolate vanilla habanero stout i think you'll get a little more heat on this than you did from the cinnamon so gentlemen try it out Give it a smell. Much more sweetness. Yeah, a lot more heat. Wow, vanilla bomb. Heat, a lot more the heat. The heat is there, but not... I'm tasting vanilla. It's smooth. Not crazy heat. Warm. I mean, it's just good heat, a tingle. We were we were very careful not to heat it up too hot because we wanted to make sure we could carry a, you know most of the tasters with us. Unlike me. Right, <laughs> you and Jr. You guys love it hot. We man. burned our faces off on that beer, right? Time <laughs> punishment. Game man, can I leave this off? Sure. Um, I'm I'm tasting um, a significant amount of vanilla, which which I'm enthused enthused about. Yeah, lots of chocolate, but uh, lots of vanilla too. This is. The mouthfeel is perfect for the style. It's uh, you can't see through this. It's full black. This is oh wow, possibly the best beer I've had tonight. Probably Sweet. the best beer I've had. Tonight. Possibly, Sweet. possibly. It's right up your alley, you know. It's right in your wheelhouse, Jay. It is I mean, my wheelhouse. Um, it, this is another. What I really one. love about it is, uh, I mean, the vanilla is all over this. I mean, I love vanilla. I love malt. And, and Uncle Pete, you use chocolate malt vanilla. Go ahead, 
Tell Uncle Pete, you used real vanilla beans in this, correct? I did. I I made my own tincture. I opened the beans. I scrape out the insides and dice up the bean skins. Soak them in a in a nice uh, vodka for a couple of weeks, and then the tincture I take and I add a certain amount to my batch uh, just to give it that flavor. So, I mean, that's that's passion for your craft right there. And if you put that amount of crap or passion into anything you do whether it's cooking or brewing beer you're going to come out with a superior product i think and just one simple ingredient i know we mentioned clove earlier but vanilla is a, a common ingredient used in a lot of beers but if you don't do it right it's not gonna do the beer any justice i think uh, a lot of brewers maybe f- for cost reasons or labor reasons might want to put in a uh, vanilla extract and no way, no a lot way. of times it just leads to an artificial vanilla flavor what what my point is in this is that the vanilla is man i feel like i'm sucking on a vanilla bean it is so it's not a fake vanilla real. flavor not at all so guys nice i agree strongly and i'd like to i'd like to interject and say that i was shopping for coffee yesterday and that Meyer, the, the the chain store that I get my groceries from, and I went, and I must have checked six, seven, eight different coffees, and they all had art, artificially flavored vanilla coffee, and I'm like, I'm not buying no goddamn artificially flavored crap, and I just bought like some like you know, I I didn't even get a vanilla flavor. I was pissed. You cannot get a naturally natural vanilla flavored coffee at a chain store here. Probably at like a, a specialty store, and that's what I'm going to hold out for. But you know what? This is not that. This Certainly. is a vanilla bean. And you know what? I, the first thing I tasted when I tasted this beer was vanilla, natural vanilla from a bean. Certainly, that's I, I, why. That's why this is the bomb to me. This is. I, I'm really excited to I'm in awe. share this with me tonight. Mm-hmm. And I'm enjoying it immensely. I'm in awe, gents. Thank okay, you for Okay, I'm, I'm going to calm down. I know. I'm <laughs> yeah, JR, you're a little wound up there. <laughs> this bottle will be empty in the next two I seconds. I was looking at all these coffees, and they're all artificially flavored. I couldn't find one. No more just, coffee beers it, for you. Oh, wait, we didn't have any coffee it beers just tonight. just said natural flavoring. I'd have bought it. One of my next, uh, I tell you, coffee is going to be one of the next variants that I do. Uh, certainly, I'm not going to go for any, you know, uh, fake coffee extracts and in fact I'll be honest I, I never wanted to use any uh, imitation extracts in my brews and so that's why I, I ground the cocoa nibs myself, I peeled the vanilla beans myself, the habaneros I, I roasted in the toaster oven myself you know no, nothing here is second hand it's all So fresh. is this beer in the contest too? It is. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I mean yeah, nobody else. You might get a win. phone call, Pete. If it's, if it's, you it's don't in. win, it's a fix. That's all right. I, like I said, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking for the feedback, and and I did enter it in the uh, spice beer category under you know spice vegetable hey. uh, beer fruit. And if he wins, we're all going. We're all going there. We're gonna <laughs> <get brought>. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just put a teaser out there for you. We'll record and, uh, a podcast and, uh, from there. Cooper, if you're out there. We need a sponsorship, and that's all we ask for is so, give us a ride from that thing. Hey, I travel for a living and collect uh, miles and hotel points and things, so it's not well, out of the realm of possibility. If Pete- you know what? If Uncle Pete wins that thing, we're going out. Yeah. 
Well, here's right. the teaser, guys. We're going to go out and protest. So let me let me plant this seed. We for might you go guys. to Canada. <laughs> here's the teaser on the, the the grand prize winner, right? The the best in show for this particular contest. The grand prize is that the brewery uh, Witch's Hat will take my recipe and uh, brew it up in quantity and serve it on their taps at their brewery for 30 days. So if that happens, does that, that mean Uncle me? Pete gets a piece of each glass that's sold? No, no, I would just be happy to drink for free for 30 days. No, no, I mean, no, we like, all. no, I mean, do, do they get, do they give you like, you know, no, 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 no. Just have the a little kickback. Oh, I'm sure they'll give them an extra beyond like, compare. I will be just so honored. Get like, you know, compare. 75 cents of each glass sold. That's, that's what my. It's the recognition, man. It's not okay. About so they do the band promoter here. thing with them. Hey, yeah. so the, the exposure is here tonight. All of you guys. We will all be there in force if that happens. And, uh, and we all have cabanas at the side of, of, exactly. of the toilet. We'll do, a, <laughs> we'll do a goddamn live podcast from there. In South Lion. Oh, rock gentlemen, rock yeah. and roll. Live podcast from there. That's a deal. You're, you're, you're humbling me tonight, so thank you for all the kind words and the, and the feedback. It's very much appreciated. Oh, Uncle Pete, this is a- All right, gentlemen. Uh, I think it's that time of the night where we have to get our beer of the week, holiday brew. I have I have a little format tonight. that Things are going to be different tonight, but before we get too different, let's just go for the beer of the week. All right. Chris, you first. Beer of the week. Anything we've tasted tonight. Um... Oh, okay. I got to pick one. Uh, yep. The Robert De Habanero uh, milk stout, the chocolate vanilla habanero. Love it. Thank All you. right. Uh, dugout. Same. <laughs> no. Yeah, there's no okay. stopping. I mean, I, I hey, we it had some great beers here. the beer I have put in my man, face tonight. Fresh, fresh ingredients, blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, yeah, this beer is, is awesome. Thank you, gentlemen. Well, I, I can't agree more. I would love to vote for myself, but I'm a little more humble than that. So, I, you know, I've lived in California for many years, and I love Sierra Nevada, so I'm going to go with the celebration because it's so good. You know, I'm not going to put more, you know, focus on myself. I, I really want to give props to, to a brewery that's been around for almost 120 years and the Celebration Ale with their secret ingredients and, and all of that. I was very pleased to drink that tonight, so I'm going to give it up to Sierra Nevada Celebration. All right. Well, I don't even know why I'm voting because it's Uncle Pete's beer. <laughs> so, Uncle Pete, you have the beer <laughs> beer of the week is Uncle Pete's. As you should. I mean, this, yeah. this was the best thing I drank all night. It Thank really you. is. It really is. Saved the best for the last. Being a homie, it really is the best thing I tasted. If anybody out there in the listening world is on Untapped, you can find it under Uncle Pete's Home Brewery uh, called Robert to Habanero. It's a shame you didn't pick your own because you should have been uh, unanimous. Unanimous. That being said, okay, we're going to move to the next segment of the show, Holiday Brewery of the Week. And we're going to do things a little different because it's the last show of the year. Each beer net is going to select a brewery that they have not yet visited, but that is on their bucket list. And we want a holiday brewery of the week. So, Uncle Pete, oh, you go first. Oh, Thanks, geez. Oh, wow. A brewery that you have not yet visited that is on your bucket list. But it has a holiday beer? Is that is that the, the requirement? Um, yeah, kind of. And we drank it tonight? Doesn't know. It doesn't have to. Could it be Uncle Pete's brewery? Uh, you know what? Okay, let me clarify. Yeah, revise Six. these rules or clarify Clar- them, please. 
throw out the holiday beer category and just any beer brewery that you have never visited that you want to go to. Oh, it does okay. not have to be a holiday beer. Okay. 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 No, I'm good. Okay. So that really opened it up for me. Just uh, uh, this. This is a. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do two of these tonight, and it's going to be Santa Claus time. <laughs> and you're going to ask Santa Claus if I could go to one brewery, what would it be? I love it. Okay. Well, then it makes it easier. So I'm going to go for Stone, okay? And uh, I've had a number of Stone beers, and we've talked about a number of Stone beers in many of our episodes. And, uh, you know, I've always had this bucket list of going down the West Coast from the top to the bottom and uh, hitting all the breweries. So Stone is definitely on the bucket list. And, in fact, let me just put it this way. I'll put a spin for the Christmas thing here. If I could put Zoka Vesa as a Christmas ale, you know, basically a holiday ale because it's a spiced beer. It's a spiced stout that has uh, numerous, uh, you know, goodies in it with uh, chocolate and, and, and nutmeg and cinnamon and all that good stuff. We didn't even talk about Zoka Vesa tonight, and that would be a good one for this episode. But Don't we talk about that in the future? Uh, we might. You know, it's a, definitely a candidate, but that's I'm going to go with Stone, and I think some of you guys might agree, but that's going to be my vote. Okay, Chris, I'd like you to go next. Oh, bucket list brewery does nothing. Bucket list brewery for right now. Had like a you know a month to live, and you can go to any brewery in the world. Free, all expenses paid. What would it be? Now I feel like I'm I'm shorting myself because it's in the state I live in. But just for it it, right now, the this point in uh, the craft uh, beer world where I'm at, founders. I, d- I just I want to see how everything is made, like how long it takes, the ingredients they use, if they go to any extra steps. Because it, every beer I've had from them, whether I've liked it or thought it was okay, L- like the worst I've thought of any founder's beer is it's oh okay it's okay. I it just I want to see how they do it, what they do, if it's because it it just seems like a little extra is is put into to every batch of founders anything. Okay. Uh, dugout. I think I'm going to go with uh, Brew Dogs. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I mean, those guys are cool. Yeah. And if, if you haven't seen their TV shows where they, I mean, they, I saw a TV show where they're brewing on a roof with with, with yeah. uh, wind power. That, that, know, was, at, they, that they was at Anchor. Brewed this incredible beer sitting on a roof. What what innovation. I mean, in every bottle that I've ever had from Brew Dogs been off the charts good. I mean, it's, it is off the charts expensive for us to buy it here. And then you always worry about how long it's been sitting in someone's shop. But for the most part, I mean, every beer I've had from them has been great. But it's just their innovation and their thought process is a slightly twisted. And I like that. That's art. That's art and brewing. That's my brewery. Great show, man. I, I, I like that. Good call, Dugout. So is that well, it? Um, Everyone's given their brewery? No, I haven't. I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. It's uh, it's agonizing for me. <laughs> but I, I have to go back to my roots. What, what kind of beers that I enjoy the most... It's going to have to be something in Scotland. It's just going to have to be something in Scotland. Because I love the British Isles. I love the beer styles from the British Isles. So, where do I go from here? Scotland, apparently. Scotland. 
So, where do I go from here? Good calls, everybody. I mean, good choices. With your plane ticket to Scotland, yeah. I would, I would love it if we could all just go to Founders together and take Chris, you know, because I think the rest of us have been there, and we got to take him to the mecca of Michigan craft beer, and that that would be Founders. It would be. It's an experience. You would love it, Chris. You would love it. Oh, is it in Grand Rapids or a suburb of Grand Rapids? No, it's right. Plunk down right in the middle of downtown, downtown Grand Rapids. It's yeah. right there, man. When did they build it? Because I like over a course of many, many years. And they're expanding still. I lived in West Michigan from like '99 to '02. Even if you, you could maybe even like maybe extend it to like '97 to '02. But at that time, from like '97 to '99, it was on and off. At that time, they didn't have a tap room. They just brewed only, brewed and bottled only. I I remember driving around there like with some GPS system in <laughs> early 2000s, and looking for founders, and we found it, but it was just. It was just the brewery, and it was just operation. They had no tap room. And, and now was, it's like mammoth. I, I mean, I don't know how many people that tap room sees, but it's a lot. Everything is good on tap there. Well, everything is good on tap in general. Okay, guys. Um, you're probably still waiting for my answer. Oh, yes, yeah, we yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And you know what it's going to be? It's going to be the Carbon Smith Brewing Company in Edinburgh, Scotland. It's a tiny Edinburgh craft nanobrewery. Meaning what? They make two cases a year or five gallons This, 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 this is my smart-ass question after two podcasts. Of it means that I just selected a beer in the area of the world that brews the styles that I enjoy the most. And I pretty much just arbitrarily selected them off the internet. So I'm not going to lie. So you don't even know if you like anything they've made? I've been in Edinburgh once in my life. It was the best beer trip of my life. I have selected them as my beer, my brewery, my uh, bucket list. A small brewery that, uh, okay, let's let's read our beers. Carbon Copy Pale. You guys don't want to hear this. It's 3.8% token pale ale. Okay. Carbon 12, 6.5% IBA. Carbon 12 is designed to be a robust 6.5% IBA. Graphene Porter, 4.9% Porter. I just basically randomly selected. I mean, this is what we can do with craft beer. Carbon Smith. Challenge me. I'll be there in the next year. Challenge me. Oh, is that a challenge? You know, you, you know we, will have, we will have audio Maybe proof of this. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because I could have selected St. Andrew's Brewing. How boring would that be? I, I don't know. Played. It's I don't know. If I said I played St. Okay, Andrews uh, Golf Course in Scotland, the golf course that was pretty boring. epic. Yeah. One of my selections is craft beer is where it's at. I wanted to select a small brewery from a faraway land that I love their beer style. That's pretty much what I did. All right. Hey, I got a question. Yeah. Is anybody getting a beer glass tonight? I hope so. So what do you got to do to get that sucker? Tweet out to at Beer Nuts Podcast. You should give one to that guy from Arizona and give him a response. There you go. You know, there are a couple of oatmeal stouts from the breweries in Arizona. I don't have it up anymore on the screen here, but I did search for oatmeal stouts in Arizona, and there's a number of breweries in Arizona that help oatmeal stouts. You know, tell them to search local, you know, check it out. Yeah, well, that's that's what you guys always preach too, right? Drink local. Drink local. Of course, the Samuel Smiths is a a winner, of course. Yep. All right. Well, on that note, we are going to start. uh, We're going to wrap things up here. Thank you, everybody who has followed. Followed at Beer Nuts Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you know, we are humbled. It, 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 we started out with what two followers, and now we're you know we're over two thousand. And it's, oh man, 
That's awesome. And it's been in a few weeks, so it's you're just proving that the craft beer community, they're, they're, they're out there, they're mobile, they're on hey, social media. Uh, share it, like it. Uh, tell a friend about uh, you, you know still old school telling somebody about it with your mouth and your words that still works with things too uh, that's still the best form of advertising uh, we're on Facebook we yeah, like I said we are on uh, Twitter and you know what I'm thinking we're probably gonna have to do Instagram guys hey Chris you know what I'm thinking what's that it's Christmas we need to give away some fucking glasses we're allowed to say fucking because it's a, a podcast <laughs> yep. no FCC involved so let's take the first four Tweets to add Beer Nuts Podcast. Just tweet what you're drinking. Just show us what you're tweet drinking. What you're drinking and ask for a glass. Or better yet, show us what you're fucking drinking. And you hey, know we what? need pictures. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> We're almost ready to order another batch of glasses, so let's drain us out, guys. Come on. Pictures are Send us even. a podcast. We're going to send glasses out to anybody that sends it out until we run out. we got about seven, seven or eight left. Well, there we go. So you know what? Get we're on, on it. And we're nice all in. Let's just blow it out. Christopher yeah. drinks out of his every holidays, week. This holiday winter warmer show. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Beer Nuts Podcast. Win this glass with your favorite beer that you're drinking, and we will send you that glass. And send a picture. Yeah. Send a picture, and then you're going to have to private message me your address. And until they're gone, it's open game. There we go, guys. Let us be your Santa. Yes, sir. Well, JR, I believe you have the sign off, sir. As we say in old Mexico City, AMF. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening christopher media let's make some noise thank you for visiting christophermedia.net